0: interviewed from the modern man approach of uh, clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So, have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature, maybe. Enjoy. In this episode, that will focus on Ayurveda, I will use the same title as I did last week when I spoke of psychology. And I will base this on that same famous book, or just the title of the book really, The Body Keeps the Score. If you've never heard of this book, you can look it up. It's very interesting and it's basically explaining how post-traumatic stress disorder functions and in a certain way, I would want to use that analogy as well for what we're speaking about here in the Ayurveda and the psychology podcast, because we live in a constant post-traumatic stress disorder, I would want to say. And then last week I was explaining how the way we have understood ourselves and the world from day one and then trying to live up to that, leaving traces in the body, manifests later on in life as issues. Because actually, you can't really afford to treat your body badly and expect that that's not going to, well, bring a a bill. (laughs) When the bill comes in, right, then all of a sudden the number on that bill will be completely in link with what you've been doing up until that moment. And it's, of course, the same way when it comes to the Ayurvedic perspective on things. So, let me begin with just taking an example. Taking the example of someone who is born with a constitution where, let's say, the pitta dosha, so the fire element is something that's very dominant in their existence. In their DNA, I want to say, even to speak on terms that many of us are very used to. Because actually, from the Ayurvedic perspective, when we speak of your prakriti, or your original constitution, it is the same thing as in Western medicine we speak of DNA. It is something that you get from your parents, and linked to other conditions as well, and is decided at conception, and that never changes, all right? However, it doesn't mean that there's stuff that happens and moves around how your system functions later on in life, but that's a different story. So, if I am born with this dominance of fire inside of me, and I am completely oblivious to what would be maybe good for me, let's say, like most of us were as we were born, because most of our parents were when they were born as well, and even throughout their life. Then I will go about with my life, and I will move towards what feels like ease, and towards what feels familiar, always. If there's one thing we all have in common, for sure, is that we will always move away from pain and towards pleasure, which which also means I will take any action that I take because I have a deeper belief that it will bring me ease. It will bring me away from the current situation towards something better. That's why we take an action. We eat to free ourselves from the feeling of hunger, right? And we sleep to free ourselves from the feeling of being tired. However, what is familiar to us is of course also what we already know very well. Now if you're one of those um, self-help junkies, I'm sure that you are familiar with that concept when it comes to, for instance, relationships and the way we deal with other people, we will have a tendency to be drawn towards people who have similar characteristics to what we already know, i.e. To our, similar to our parents, to our siblings, people we had around us, and therefore also similar to ourselves. It does not necessarily mean that that's what's the best option for us. And it's exactly the same thing when it comes to our tendencies from the Ayurvedic perspective. So as a typical pita fiery person, that person would then have tendency to go towards fiery things. Like attracts like. And as I go through life, I will therefore experience something that we could call... um, circular or cyclic um, behavior. And I'm sure that most of you can relate to that feeling where we get the sentiment that where we're at when we're not doing well, for instance, in the same way we're doing well, but very much we notice it when we're not doing well, is somewhere where we've already been before. Right? So we go in these cyclic ways, which means that things are going well, we're doing well, our mind is clear, we're clear in what decisions we make, our body feels good, and our heart is light. And we go in our tendency, so we keep doing what we're doing. And then at some point, for whatever reason we don't know, we're not well anymore. We're sick, or we're just not feeling right, or we're noticing tendencies, mentally maybe, of a lot of frustration or anger, or we feel depleted, we feel tired, we can't really have the energy to entertain relationships with other people. There's all kinds of things where we notice, I'm just not as well as I used to be, or that I was some time back. And then it very often goes to a certain point where we keep going, and then the body or something tells us to stop, like we don't have a choice anymore. For instance, let's say... We become sick. And then it's starting all over again. So we become sick or whatever it might be. And then we stay completely immobile maybe for a certain time, depending on what we, what's going on with us. And then progressively we begin, begin to take our way, our journey again. And then we can feel ourselves getting better. And we might, it might take some time. And then we get this like, oh, I'm really noticing that I'm doing better. Oh, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then we're doing better and we're doing better. And then all of a sudden we're back where we're, uh, we're on our high there in the cycle. Everything just rolls, everything flows, everything is good. And here we go again. I'm going into our tendency and boom, something happens again. And for some reason we fall, right? And so this happens over and again. And... To take a typical example of this, let's just take the um, idea of going on a diet that so many people try to do because they want to lose weight, right? And why does that never work? Well, because they're going in their cyclic manner of being, they're going in their tendency, they're trying to restrict themselves, for instance, and then they're overdoing it with everything else, so they're restricting themselves, for instance, for eating, but they're doing all the rest just like they, you know, usually would. So if we would take that typical example of the fiery person, the pita person, who actually there's a reason I take that as an example as well, because the pita person tends to have a quite good appetite. But if I'm then, as a pita person, restrict myself from eating so that I would be in a calorie deficit, but everything else I do the same. And maybe even I go overboard because that is my tendency then to do more of what would be fiery. There will be a point where I crash. I crash and I decide to just completely indulge in anything that brings me sugar and fat because I'm feeling so low on energy. I'm feeling depleted. I feel hungry. I feel angry. All of the things. And then I get disappointed with myself and I go even lower maybe than I was before. And then we cycle back in again. And that's often where it happens again, of course, that we put on more weight than we had before we even started that diet. One of the scores that the body keeps when we do this this kind of behavior is that it begins to jack, play, mess with our metabolic rate, with our capacity to metabolize food. And a lot of people who keep yo-yoing up and down this way in different kinds of diets actually come to a point where their digestion is completely out of whack, cannot function anymore, and I can't actually metabolize the food properly anymore because I've been messing with it so much. That is one way that we can see the body keeps the score. What it actually did is that it burns us out. And I would even say that two things are possible in that scenario. The typical pita person, right? Still once again. Already having a quite strong metabolism and then playing around with it this way will, number one, obviously make your vata dosha go out of balance, which is the main dosha of imbalance because it has the characteristic of movement. So moving around, especially playing around then with the metabolic rate, will have you destabilize your vata and when vata goes out of balance and so does your easily your digestion so that in itself that's just the first step of it now the aggravation that happens if we keep doing this when it really goes badly is that not only will the vata be out of balance but then of course it will push onto the pita that will go out of balance because that's your main dosha for this person the example that we're taking and what happens when we're overdoing it with a pita person in their digestive capacity, well, it might begin just looking like diarrhea basically. And when everything just goes straight through the body and out, we're not absorbing the nutrients. And so then we will have a lack of nutrition because actually nothing of what we're eating, we might be eating all the good things, but nothing stays. Okay, and which will burn us out even more because there's actually not enough fuel, like the proper proper fuel to to work with. And unfortunately, we might end up burning a whole whole (laughs) hole in our stomach, which we also can call an ulcer. And then that can go into other things as well. So there's just one example there of how the body keeps the score. And it wasn't even what I wanted to focus on specifically today, but that was just to paint a picture, which is very common. Naturally, we have the exact same picture to paint with the two other doshas when it comes to our tendencies. So this is what I wanted to bring you to. This idea that the body keeps the score and this idea that we will go towards what feels familiar and what feels like ease Means that we are in the first few stages of first couple of stages of disease, as Ayurveda sees it, which means accumulation and aggravation. So it's the same, then, of course, for the um, vata person, where the tendency will be instead, let's say, um, not so much as the burning and a very typical vata person like who's really like high high percentage vata and very low on the other ones for instance we can also see that they have a quite light frame so these are people as well who are quite fragile to aggravation we would maybe not see the yo-yoing in diet as much as um, having actually more problems with anxiety and worry that will bring them out of balance to begin with, just as an accumulation of vata, and that will actually increase the element of ether and um, air in their body, which will create this feeling of being spaced out. And the thing is, when we are spaced out, one of the, let's say, results of that or scores of that from the body is that we lose touch with grounding, such as keeping a regular routine of most things. For instance, sleep. So sleep deprivation, which has us affecting our capacity on the intellectual level, and we begin to forget about things. Now, this is not just your normal forgetfulness, but when it goes into just actually being so far from feeling so disconnected from the physical that you forget to eat and you don't sleep, and you might have turned completely the rhythm of sleep and wake around, and then. We go into an aggravated state of this accumulation, which often can be, well, we can notice it physically, of course, on uh, the drying out of the physical body, for instance, and just the body uh, losing a lot of weight. And because of that, weakens the immune system and then gets any kind of disease that, because it's such a weakened system, that any kind of bacteria or virus can easily come in. But even beyond that, the nervous system is so affected that we could also switch into mental diseases, all the different kinds of issues that are linked to a dysregulated nervous system. We all have more or less a dysregulated nervous system in the same fact that we all have post-traumatic post-traumatic stress disorder. But here I'm talking about not simply an accumulation, but an aggravation of it, which can make things go really bad on the mental level. And of course, for our loving Kafa, dominant people, this is also something that we can see in the stagnation of things. The stagnation is really how toxins begin to fester in the body. Imagine that in the backyard you put out the trash every night but then no one takes those trash away from the backyard, and over time that begins to smell quite badly because you've accumulated this waste in your backyard, and if it's not taken care of, it will become toxic. It's exactly what happens with the accumulation of your doshas, and very much so when it comes to kapha. Since kapha is stagnation, and not burning out like the other two can be. And so, just to take a really simple example, that's in such an obvious one that we see everywhere in the world, of obesity, and so, um, diabetes diabetes type 2, is the body keeps the score. It is the accumulation of kapha, There is a reason that in the Ayurvedic perspective, you need to eat every day, you need to breathe every day, you need to move your bowel every day, and you need to move your body every day. And the reason for this is exactly the title of that famous book. Because the body keeps the score. I recently had a conversation with a man who is absolutely not interested in the holistic approaches of things. um, Like so many people are today. And he said to me, I believe what science proves. And that went into a whole discussion of itself. But what it led to as well was that he said, I, how do you explain this then? My father died of cancer. And he went to see, you know, the Ayurvedic doctor, the Chinese medicine uh, doctor, and they didn't fix it. And so he had to go through all these chemical um, procedures from the Western medicine, and yet he wasn't strong enough to sustain that. And so actually, unfortunately, he passed away. And I said to him, because the body keeps the score, how do you think he got his cancer to begin with? It doesn't appear by magic in the body. The body has no interest in creating disease. And this is why it's so unfortunate that our medical doctors of today are more trained in diagnosing a disease, a symptom, and then treating that symptom instead of focusing actually on preventing it to even occur. The reason for that these days, not from the beginning maybe, but these days, is the same reason that you will never really see any research backing up most of the Ayurvedic tools and practices, because there's no money to gain from it. So who's going to pay for those researchers? If you look at any kind of research being done today, where there's lots of data showing us this and that, follow the money. It is always, always the pharmaceutical companies, of course, that lay behind it. Because there's an interest there, and I'm not saying that the intention um, is bad in itself, but there's an interest, of course, financially for them to then be able to create a cure for something that they can sell. (laughs) The body keeps the score. This is the reason that you will be frustrated in the beginning when I tell you apply this daily routine, apply these practices, eat this food. Instead of telling you, take this to get rid of that. It is by preventing that we create longevity, not by curing. Your body is like a machine. If you keep it going and you feed it with new energy and the machine processes this energy, it keeps what serves and disposes of what is waste, in the morning you eliminate that waste so that you are fresh and clean to integrate new information. It is the same reason that you start each day with a blank sheet with an open heart and a curious mind, like a child. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this please help me to spread the word share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging and even more so I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your ear pods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.